0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com.
1: Today, I don't know. Today, being uh, um, being outside with uh, the family and um, a- ending the day with some, you know, soil under your nails, uh, to me is a therapy. Uh, Being connected to the land is a therapy. Uh, Being connected to farmers who are what they are, sometimes I'm not connecting to them, but Being connected to the nature is is to me the to this
2: therapy, yeah. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing craft beers. I hope you had a killer weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter. If you're in Montreal and you're looking for a killer gig to go to, well, heavy Montreal Montreal will most definitely have you covered. I'm beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. On today's Artist Spotlight, I'm very stoked to be showcasing Divine Defilements track Byzantine. Get ready, everyone. Here it is. divine defilement's track byzantine divine defilement have been hard at work carving a path through the icelandic underground and have proven themselves to be a force to be reckoned with they blend grooves slams blast beats and even some moments of melodic dissonance if you enjoyed their track byzantine you should definitely go check them out i have put a link to their band camp in the description of this podcast massive cheers to divine defilement for being on today's artist spotlight. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just really enjoys nature, loves being outside, is an outdoorsman, someone that just really enjoys being connected to nature, well, you should definitely let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You can tell them that there are over 400 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you would encourage, one of your nature-loving friends to become a brand-new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be with Pierre Carreau of Herod. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 410. I warn you,
0: what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
2: Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be with Pierre Carreau of Herod huge fan like obviously huge fan Uh, there's a long backstory before i even get to asking how you're doing so so let me just let me just dive straight into it uh discovered psalm this back in 2019 when it came out i'm not quite sure if i just stumbled upon it or if i just listened to it because it's a pelagic release and i tend to listen to as many pelagic releases as i can or if it was an introduction from chris noth who is a friend of mine a friend of yours um Swiss also, if I'm not crazy, uh, Vox and Hops alumni. I met him when he was doing sound and TMing the aborted run that Cryptopsy did back in 2019. So that, I, I might have dis- discovered you guys because of him. Um, 2020 pandemic hit. I realized that I could talk to anyone. I wanted to talk to Herod. He hooked me up with Mike. Chris introduced me to Mike. I had him on. Voxenops episode number one forty four came out back on May 17th of 2020. So it was probably one of the first pandemic interviews that I did, if I think back to the timing of it all. But here we are now, twenty twenty three, and uh, Herod has a new freaking album come out called Econoclast. It's coming out May first via Pelagic once again, and I'm having a chat with you, Pierre. Pierre, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, I'm good. I'm super happy to be to be here with you.
2: Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. You you should be fine because you've released a monster of an album. Yeah. Uh, I I have had the privilege of... uh having heard it over a year ago we will get to that and uh, people are not ready for this release i don't think people understand how good this album is before we get to that i'll just ask you know let's it's vox and hops let's do it Uh, vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer now what beer do you have on your side that we're going to be sharing virtually today
1: yeah this is my production beer yes uh, actually um i've got the celiac disease do you know what it is gluten
2: i uh, gluten yeah, yeah, intolerance of
1: course so i was fed up to uh failing at finding uh, gluten-free beers or uh, they always come from far i don't know how they exactly made you know but they deglutinize or whatever uh food is a really important topic to me food and drinks So yeah, I tried to do my own gluten-free beer, which is super hard, and uh, I started with uh, oat, a base of oat, uh, and then I added a typically brewing uh, process, so hops, hops, and um, I had to add uh, rice sugar because the oats doesn't have the capacity to transform the starch into sugar and then into alcohol, which is what we Mm -hmm. want, right? (laughs) So, finally, I've got this. Uh, This is a bit light. This is uh, batch number two. Uh, It's... 3.3 3.3 about because uh, in the room was pretty cold, so it didn't uh, got high in alcohol. Yeah. It's actually not a beer because it's not malt, right? Because malt is gluten. Fuck the gluten. And uh, Then I'm here with uh, some uh, juice um, with a bit of uh, bulbs and uh, a nice
2: uh, citrus
1: hops taste.
2: Super sick, and I'm not surprised for some reason that you would be a person that would go to that lengths to create something, knowing everything about Herod and and, and the intensity of the compositions and the music. I'm not surprised that you transfer this also into your food and beverage passions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I think it's super sick. Cool, cool. What you what are you drinking? I am drinking something totally, totally fucked up and bastardized. This is a brew juice from Pub Brewski from here in Montreal. Uh, It's basically a smoothie sour, so they take a sour base and then they smash it with a bunch of fruit puree. This one, they're saying that it's it's a pineapple and ice cream. I don't know how truthful that is. It might actually have ice cream and I might have a... A tummy ache later because of the lactose in it. But we'll find out about that later. This is a 5.2% brew juice. Um, Massive shout-out to Derek, the head brewer at Brewski. I love him to death. And to Aurelien, my neighbor who also brews there and hooked me up with this beer actually last week so cheers to them. Uh I'm going to pour this out and I would love to hear about your very first beer because I imagine you didn't always know you had celiac disease and uh you probably didn't enjoy a beer at what point in your life with some malts. Yeah yeah it was
1: not it's not a very good memory. Uh I really didn't, I didn't really enjoy the first beers as a teenager. Was a typical um, lager from where I come from, bière valaisanne, with an awful taste of uh, bleach. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't. I don't have a good memory of the first drinks. Basically. not an insane memory, yeah. Uh, local, local lager.
2: And at one point, did you realize that celiac was a thing that was happening to you, and then you had to step away from anything gluten-based? Mm.
1: Yeah, it has been long during the years. I realized about 10 years ago that I had uh, stomach problems. When I was younger, always food intolerance and uh, problem, uh, stomach problems uh and then so a doctor he said yeah it's the gluten stop it and then i didn't have much information about how, what it is exactly and I, I think we don't know exactly everything about because it's a like a civilization problem you know it's 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 coming now and it's increasing you know uh, it's everybody's problem because gluten is not good for uh, for everybody because uh, the cere- cereal we eat changed massively during the Revolution Verte, Green Revolution, the new way of farming uh, within the last 50 years, uh, basically. Uh, so um, now I know it's the celiac. So if I'm eating gluten, I have uh, anticorps, uh, I have a peak. Yeah, it's not good for me. So I have to stop it, but it's super hard to, for example, uh, getting beers and pasta out of my life and if pizza. Can you imagine a <laughs> life without pizza?
2: What, what, I'm what? a vegan, so, so ah, pizza is a, del- a delicate, delicate subject, subject with me because there is no good vegan cheeses. And and people are like that are, that are going to be listening to this are going to be like yes there is there's this one that has it's it's not good it's it's okay but it is not cheese it is it is not good I'm sorry it's the one thing I miss and I miss pizza with good cheese Ugh. yeah but I understand I understand but here I am drinking a, a beer with maybe uh, maybe uh, ice cream in it okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. we'll find out. Sometimes you know they're they're very. There's not the ingredients are not listed. So hypothetically, they could have just put like vanilla in it, and that would have been like the ice cream part of it. I'll have to ask Derek. So you're a a (laughs) flexible vegan, right? When it comes to beer, when it comes to beer, okay. We all have (laughs) our reasons. When it it comes to food, when it comes to food, I'm very strict, but. (laughs) when it comes to beer i'm a little bit more relaxed so so it was something you had to mourn uh, the lack of pizza the lack of pasta the lack of beer in your life that's something that you had to tackle
1: yeah and i'd like to be involved and active uh, with such problems so that's why i got into this Uh, now yeah as as, as i said uh, food is a really important topic to me and with my family as well i'm working in farms in a farm especially, they do um, uh, ancient uh, cereals, so I, I, I have uh, local buckwheat uh, flour, uh, and I try to, to live uh, with uh, nothing, uh, grow, you know, the gluten is doing everything, uh, and yeah
2: so buckwheat because it's 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 in everything because it's so was so cheap and easy to grow right basically is is why it's wheat right wheat wheat is the main source of gluten that's in everything right now since the green revolution as you mentioned yes and
1: it's easy to to cook
2: with it because uh, everything is
1: uh yeah um easy to cook and we transform the cereals to have them the more gluten in them so, yeah, basically, we're transforming. That's why we have a, a wave of old cereals now, ancient cereals coming back, of course, because there is so many cereals. Variety
2: is important. And, Variety is important in yeah, the world. Yeah, and
1: we focus on maybe like five or six uh, wheat cereals, basically. It's insane when you, when you imagine. So, yeah, there is a, a, a wave of people who would like to, to eat differently, and I'm part of it.
2: Very cool. I think that's very interesting. We'll touch on that a little bit later. But I would love to hear about the soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up in your parents' or guardians' house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents' or guardians' listen to?
1: Mostly my dad. uh, He was um, into jazz, into uh, uh, New Orleans jazz, jazz manouche, jazz à la française, um, um, Birelli or uh, Manouche, yeah, Manouche jazz. You know what it is?
2: No, I'm sorry, but it sounds okay, very okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh,
1: also, classical music, a lot of, and that's the soundtrack of my youth. And uh, now I'm getting older. I've got a family and and becoming my dad basically. So I start to hear that <laughs> music home when I'm with my my daughter, and uh, I don't know what music to to put. Sometimes I put really extreme stuff when mom mom is not here to to see how he, he, she's reacting to these noisy sounds and then also a mix with classical and uh, jazz
2: I love that I got to go back to the that, what how does your how does she react to extreme music Pretty good because I play everything and anything all the time so <laughs> pretty good yeah so my kids are pretty zen about it so pretty good so
1: far uh uh, she's two.
2: I mean, yeah. I think she likes it. We'll see. I think I think it's awesome because I work in daycare too. So so I put a lot of extreme music on, typically on Fridays when there's new albums coming out, or when I get like a SoundCloud link of a album from Herod, I I blast it at work. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids just sit there and they keep playing and they, they have zero reaction whether I put that. But if I put on like a Paw Patrol song or any like poppy kid thing, they just freak out. It's, it's, I think it's whatever has like a, a nostalgia. I guess it's like us as humans too, is like a nostalgic um, emotional connection to something is what makes music make people move and have more of a reaction to it as opposed to the intensity. But maybe it was the first time they heard it, maybe. But. Yeah, intensity is something important in Herod, I guess. Uh, at what point did, did the jazz and the, the classical music uh, motivate you to want to become a musician? Is that something that was inherently um, that you pursued or that your parents pushed you towards? Well, when did the music become a big part of your life?
1: Yeah, interesting. Um, I don't consider myself as a musician because I never learned uh, to play the guitar. And... Um, Then uh, I learned on my own, never take really lessons. I don't know how to read, compose the music. Um, So, and from second one, I took a guitar, I studied Herod. And never played any covers, and um, I don't, you know, when we're friends, and uh, they say, "Yeah, you're a musician. You play the guitar. Yeah, play yeah. the guitar." <laughs> yeah. so, I said, "No, no, no. Please don't. I do gong, 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 on a folk folk guitar. It, it does no sense." And uh, and uh, basically, I, oh, oh, I I only play Herod, and
2: yeah, so that's interesting. That's so different than Mike. Yeah, yeah. From Harrod also because he's he's like a music teacher and he teaches kids and he it's so different that and then you guys work together somehow and and you can still communicate which is interesting. We are
1: the exact opposite and uh, it it was not easy uh, the process with Mike because he, he was away. <laughs> we did the two records basically the same and exactly the same. We did all th- three records. Uh, I mean, starting from my riffs, then working. Uh, with Fabien drums and Bertrand, Dior, the guitar, doing the music instrumentally and then adding the the, the vocals on top. That's the way we do. Uh, so Mike was in touch. We didn't see him during the, the glorious COVID years. And uh, he went on top, which is not really
2: easy. No, no. Especially because he's very musical and yeah. he has his music school. So it must be... He must really, really trust you guys. It was
1: not easy because we were such in a, in a bulb, you know, doing the album instrument, instrumentally. And the process is so heavy in Herod. There's something not really easy for me because I'm more the artistic composer. But then thanks to Fabian, the drummer, with uh, s- someone really meticulous, but also takes a lot, takes sometimes hours to take a decision between two two versions, you know? Uh, so that's why it took so long to to give birth to that uh, third record.
2: It's not that long, though. And, I, and I'm saying this from my perspective of Cryptopsy, because we take a long time. And it's, it's complicated music. You're not making... And I'm not going to name any bands here, but there are bands that I am friends with that release albums very frequently, but their songs are not the most complex, and and people can try to figure out who I'm talking about, but they're, they're pretty could be all on the same album, hypothetically inherited. There's definitely an evolution and Cryptopsy is the same approach uh, in in my mind. So so Iconoclast came out May 1st via Pelagic. Love Pelagic. Uh, shout out to Robin. Had him on the podcast a few months ago at this point. Um, so four years is not that bad because I know the truth and that the album was ready last year. So, so it only really took three years to put it together and it was a global pandemic that t- was hanging you guys up and you were touring or playing some shows for Saul, but I song that dropped in 2019 so so it's pretty standard in my opinion so I don't think it's that bad um, I would go, like to go back to your first music experience do you remember the first time you ever saw a band play music live that's a tough one I don't
1: really know uh, because my my youth I was mainly playing hockey you know that's why Canadiens. the shirt Les Canadiens Montréal um so the first I don't really n- remember the first concert. Um uh, uh I was typically uh, the 90s new metal guy. Uh yeah, I guess
2: I guess like you. Absolutely. Uh that's our age. Our age is showing That's I'm all. really
1: opposed to the comeback of new metal in 23. 20- oh, you don't 23. like it? Interesting. My better hearing gent instead. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, so my first concert is pretty blurry. I don't uh, I really remember.
2: Your first time on stage it would have been a Herod show because that's when you picked up the guitar and that's yeah. where Herod became. So, so do you remember that first Herod show?
1: First one yeah exactly we were only three at the time it was a um, contest to play in a big Switzerland festival, the Greenfield Festival. so it was a typical contest in a really tiny tiny club in Lausanne, Lausanne, Switzerland uh so at the time I was alone on the guitars playing on two two ms both sides fabian uh drums and the former uh singer david and we won
2: no way then you then you went and played <laughs> the fe- and then you went and played the festival and then we played the Greenfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how was that? Was was it was it worth it? Was 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 it everything you imagined it would be?
1: No, it was it was nice. It was a very good memory, because you know you play the Greenfield, you see the 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 poster, the festival poster. Hir- Iron Maiden Maiden is yeah. up, and Herod is like. Uh, it's at, bottom, the bo- at the bottom, bottom right. <laughs> now at the bottom right, playing twelve. You played with Maiden. Tw- uh, yeah i play with Maiden, with and uh you play at noon in front of people like waking up like this ah!
2: yeah you know yeah yeah because I, 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 that's interesting because i was, was going to ask if you could go back would you redo a festival because a lot of young artists listen to the podcast and i i try to dissuade them from being a part of these festivals where they have to sell tickets and for the opportunity to maybe get some showcase stuff so so at least for you guys it paid off and you ended up playing a massive festival
1: (laughs) yeah 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 it started pretty nicely for us as a newcomer because it went super we we uh, jumped a few steps basically for the first record um, coming back in 2014 uh, thanks to Chris Noth that you you talked about Chris is our former front of house and uh, someone I- important in the her story because he became our booker pretty soon. Um, and thanks to him, we played 35 shows in Switzerland for for the the first record, which is insane. Switzerland is so it's small. A small country,
2: I was gonna say. Yeah.
1: Uh, pretty fast, we did the opening for Gojira, which was. A huge influence at the time and then we did the carcass opening tour around europe in 2015 which is, was insane because we were opening for uh after us was Voivod, then um napalm death arbitrary
2: obituary carcass holy shit yeah Damn, good for you guys. Keep it Keep it going.
1: Yeah. yeah, but the deal was... It's a nice story because the deal was we were working on the tour. Everybody in the band has a job on the tour. I mean, I was a light assistant, one we who were doing the merch, the singer was doing the tour management, drummer was taking care of drums, and uh, we were playing 20 minutes uh, every night touring the whole europe with the uh, monsters and the uh, lovely people that was uh yeah that was great memories in, in ireland in glasgow of, of uh you know with the spontaneity of the 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 new the first one the f- the first time you do stuff and uh it's just the best yeah it was a blast it was
2: basically the best shows so cool and that's an interesting way a lot of like Younger bands, once again, will be encouraged to buy onto a tour, which means that they spend money to be on a tour package, whereas you guys offered your time and services as a way to buy onto the tour. It's a different approach. It's an interesting approach, and it's a way that you can sort of, like, you learn even more because you're so much more implicated in each night's show
1: can you imagine it's so for, uh, in some way it's so for, uh, formative it's, a, it's such a uh, yeah because you you work for the headliner but you play first that means you f- first work last as well <laughs> you so guys had, you had to behave yourself, hours, <laughs> man after one show in england the day was lasting for a day and we said yeah all right 34 to go, but then in the end uh, we come back from the tour, and um, uh, communication, humans problems, we end up uh, stopping working with uh, the singer, so it's also something. You're uh, packed, everyone uh, together, of course, that's the other side of it.
2: It's tough. Bands are a relationship. It's uh, it's it's, it's a family. You're working together. Um, you're, you, we don't always like each other. That's that's for sure. No. There's there's ups and downs and no. many relationships. And when you're in a band, it's it's like five six relationships all at once. And then you got your crew members involved. And it's it's it can be extremely heavy. Which is why open communication is an important factor when you're in a band.
1: Yeah
2: yeah yeah getting older is at least uh, knowing uh, that sometimes
1: you see that it will be not possible with uh, with any with anyone and, and now i try to learn it and say i will not connect to you i'll stay on my side and uh, i'll
2: pass yeah and sometimes it's just you know someone's having a bad day and it's best to just not say anything <laughs> and that comes with maturity, yeah. too. <laughs> well, I'm not going to poke that because it's going to pop. And, and maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow when everyone's a little bit less drunk. Maybe. The,
1: the, <laughs> the, funny, the funny thing is that the, my, my best uh, touring memory is basically wi- without Herod, without playing. Because we did the Death Crusher tour 2015 because I went as a roadie in 2013 uh, with Carcass. They were opening for a Amarth and i was at the time doing uh, guitar tech for samael you know that? Yeah, Do you know them
2: absolutely yeah
1: first show with samael the bass bass player of samael was doing the light for Carcass he told me yeah i'm going out on tour with these british gentlemen would you like to to come with me i had no idea about lights uh, so i was uh, doing the light, light, assistant light technician and i i had no idea about Carcass, can you imagine in 20 so I listened to Carcass two days before going on tour <laughs> with them for a month and a half. And they were about to release a Surgical Seal in 2013. And then it's a love story, man. I was the first month touring with these British gentlemen, seeing uh, William Steer playing every night. Uh, he, he
2: touched me super deep, super hard. Which is exactly how you ended up connecting with him to become a part of Sambre d'Essay.
1: Yeah, that was tough to ask because it's such a legend and, uh, I don't consider myself as a guitarist. So of course, when you see him playing, uh, but in a way I came back from that tour and I tried to change some things, on my guitar playing, uh, lowering the gauge, bending more, having a more, uh, gro- uh, not groovy, but uh, more feelings, more bends. And I think in Sombre Dessin, there is some, yeah, some influence uh, about Bill. And of course, he he accepted to do that the featuring, which he was... It's amazing.
2: So good. Amazing. So good. amazing. I'm so good. Yeah, yeah. I was in love with that record. And then I went backwards to the first record. And then I was telling all my friends, I was like, you have to listen to this band. You're going to love them. Sending song at the say to everyone and anyone that I could listen to it on tour. I went out that aborted tour when we came through the States with Chris Knoth. I was listening to it then. Um, here we are now. A coming out. I read from the concept is a, a political, social, and liberating act. Is is what you guys are associating a with, as opposed to what it used to be known for, uh, as to like destroying and defacing religious artifacts. Uh, Talk to me about more about the concepts that went into the record and uh, what the point of having a concept with a record. Is as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's interesting because the 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 concept was so huge on the the, the last one, and actually we are realizing. I mean, we're still a newcomer brand, We know that in, we know where we are, and uh, I realize actually having a concept
2: is sometimes people. Do not really care. Well, they just don't. They don't catch it if it's not like thrown in their face. There.
1: Yeah, I understand. But the, the yeah the topic on Samuraisan. Yeah, basing the the fall of our civilization uh, with the footage of the the shipbreakers, these boats crash in uh, Pakistan or whatever. Um, yeah, iconoclast is the the idea of um building something new out of broken stuff because my life changed so much because i became a dad and uh i end up in a hole in the countryside uh, living in an old farm and uh, starting doing far- doing farming and got into this autonomic things thing to start to grow stuff i grow vegetables i work in a farm i'm back to school to become a farmer basically now which is the time is now yeah family plus all plus all that (laughs) everything all at once (laughs) yeah i own i own lambs basically that i grow and i sell them and to me growing a new world out of the broken one because I truly think we are, we are, uh, we're, yeah, of course, we're heading wrong. Uh, the pandemic was uh, a step further, and I realize how much far from autonomy we are, and that's a new goal.
2: Yeah. Well, well one one thing at a time, and one step at a time, and you, you have made like a huge leap forward uh, for yourself and your family and that's that's the important part right so so you're you're leading by example you're not you're not sitting up on a on a high throne telling people to change and you're not changed yet so so you've you've taken those first steps
1: i wanted to be active i I wanted to be part of the solution i mean the solution i think because we were we were a band that uh that, that talks a lot you know in herod we were sometimes Uh, going on on rehearsal and did not play for a rehearsal because we were just talking about philosophy or basically politics or or Mm -hmm. and um, yeah becoming a dad changed me so much and uh, yeah I wanted to be on the active part and that's that's why but on the other way it's not really uh, easy with uh, uh, (laughs) developing an international band on the international scale can you imagine can you imagine
2: so i was gonna say what is the future gonna hold for the band if you're so rooted now would, are we gonna see a harrod tour with pierre not there is that, is that a, a, <laughs> a replacement session person because you just can't liberate yourself to go enough
1: no, yeah, I have no idea. It's just, it's just a period that it's the timing is really bad because, uh, yeah, of course I'll become uh, that for a second time. Um, actually, we have. I'm a booker. Um, also, I'm working part time as a booker in the. You're very busy, Pierre. <laughs> kind, kind of, yeah, kind of. Uh, so I book the 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 band in Switzerland, but Switzerland is a tiny land and um, we'll play a few shows in Switzerland for the release uh, nice club shows and then on the international scale it's not really easy actually because w- the process in Hero that is so heavy as well that we releasing an album and then it took us years to compose and do another one while we don't tour and of course it's like we started again from scratch at every release and Having an international uh, booking agency in Europe and the fees are super super uh, hard, which we don't have. So at the moment, for example, we play the the magnificent uh, Arc Tangent in. That's uh, yeah? really cool. Though, yeah. So so we're trying to build shows around, but it but it's not easy. So so we try stuff, but uh, reality is that we're still a newcomer and uh, time and fees are super super tough.
2: Basically, what what you would need would be uh, Gojira or a band such as that to say we want you come back out with us. That that would be something that would be helpful. Could you make that possible, please? <laughs> I I can I can try from different angles, but. Uh, <laughs> um, a pelagic you know pelagic robin let's go um <laughs> the ocean hypothetically would be another very interesting amazing tour package for you guys with them releasing an album around the same time as you guys
1: <laughs> but then we already but then we already did <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 last tour was uh, opening for the ocean but that was a few years ago
2: so so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxenhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Something that did happen that was very cool on this record is it, I've done it a few times. I finish the interview with a member, and I chat for a bit afterwards, and I say, if ever you want to have me as a guest on the next record i'd be super stoked and i did that to mike i did that to um, christian from LLNN, both pelagic bands and it happened so so i'm very stoked to be a part of the new record on the edifice uh i recorded the vocals actually sitting right here to be honest with you um it's it was awesome i was very 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 stoked thank you so much that that, that it worked out that uh, mike basically held my hand throughout the whole process um, what a track uh, the album itself is, is magnificent people are not ready for this release I don't think people understand, <laughs> I hope that Pelagic is ready to push it because uh, people need to hear it I'm going to push it, that's for damn sure but I, it was an honor for me to be a part of something with you guys because I'm a huge fan
1: It's an honor for us, dude um, I mean, having uh, can you imagine, Monsters uh, on board um the track is kind of super strong it's the first single Without thought 100 we go for that one with you and then at the, the moment we ask you to go for uh mostly high high it was amazing high yeah. creams and uh, i think
2: the result is is massive it's awesome i can't wait to die. Play together, and we could play the song. That would be very cool.
1: You know, we were listening to to live of Cryptopsy, and then I was focusing on the I said that's that's the one I really like. It and fits the tone of, of how, how it is, we do the the low and high, and we
2: we pack it together. It's it's immense. Go check it out, people. I'll put uh, the link to it in the description of this podcast, so you guys can check it out if you've missed my
1: and and even more um, featuring on the record as well
2: yes there's the the whole choir thing that that as i was reading up for this today because i you gave me that soundcloud link and i have lost it but i remember it it's fucking amazing as i was reading up to to, to right before today and i was like oh my god that was so good that song
1: yeah this one is for my, my dad because as i told you yeah um it's one of the tr- soundtrack of my youth is when my father was listening to this uh uh bulgarian female choir called Les Mystères des Voix Bulgare. There is a whole story between uh, with a guy in uh, Switzerland, a sound engineer, who was the first who, within the communist uh, uh, years, went to eastern countries to record these choirs, female choirs, and as well, uh, Flute de Pan, Pan Flute, like insane artists uh, with really deep, deep sounds and uh, melodies. And that's something that, that uh, touched me really, really, really strong when I was young. And I always thought heavy riffs have to be made with these vocals. And in Adam, uh, I saw a documentary about the these um, choirs uh, in Bulgaria and I contacted the... Son of the guy who went to these countries to record and make them now world famous because now Le Mister De Voix Bulgar is something world around. So I contacted him and he put me in contact with really the 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 heavy shit, the 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 girls that were that part of Le Mister De Voix Bulgar. So we ended up working with that uh, Quatuor, Eva Quartet. Uh, send the track, uh, recorded. They recorded the voices there, mix on the album, and uh, that's the only track that with no mic on it, no screams. And that was also a, a goal uh, or a midlife crisis uh, <laughs> goal. Some something like
2: this very is i remember it's incredible so so i'm excited to listen to it again i hope you like it I, i definitely did and i'm sure that everyone listening go check that track out uh something that's really important for me um that i've been talking a lot about on the podcast for the past year now is mental health so if you're not feeling well or if someone in your life is not feeling well what are your tactics to to conquer the darkness to to try to claw your way out of the darkness.
1: Yeah, we talked a lot about that with my companion, my girlfriend. And uh, we, we, we talk about Le Passage Noir, the black pass- pass- passenger. And um, I guess, yeah, I guess music was something to express or uh, let it go. Of course, this is my uh, dark side, but today, today, I don't know, today being, uh, being outside with the, the family and um, ending the day with some, you know, soil under your nails, uh, to me is a therapy. Being connected to the land is a therapy. Uh, Being connected to farmers who are what they are. Sometimes I'm not connecting to them, but being connected to the nature is is to me to this therapy. Yeah, and basically pushing alcohol quite away because alcohol is a depressor. One hundred percent. And I know exactly where the boundaries are, my boundaries. So yeah, I did the the first one. I did first time. I did the dry January in its entire. So yeah, that's kind of stuff I need to to do to push and to have that balance. Between fun, between wellness and badness, (laughs) and with technology and nature, basically.
2: Yes, that's the 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 quadrants that you. And also
1: now I I left the city because yeah, and I live close to the nature, so of course it's easier.
2: It's something that we, we always we forget as humans is that we are not supposed to live the way that we live. <laughs> We're not supposed to not ha- have earth beneath our feet and concrete everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Of
2: but, course, but I, I, cu- I could talk
1: about that for hours, but <laughs> I will not talk about the the soil and how to make it live
2: again. <laughs> I, I I do think it's interesting, uh, but it's it something I do on tour a lot is I'll open up my Google maps and I'll walk to the green spot. Mm. I, I literally do that on tour and I, t- I tend to do it alone because on tour we're so surrounded all the time with noise and people and you just walk and be alone in whatever nature I can find and I feel like it really resets me and I come back to the venue and I'm I'm back in... Top shape, I would say.
1: That's nice. I, I was doing one thing the last tour, the last few tours we did, I was taking my uh, rollerblades, ro- ro- inline blades. Really
2: blaze. amazing.
1: Yeah. So I, I had <laughs> the option to go like far in the city pretty quickly, alone. Uh, so that was, yeah, it was interesting
2: That's amazing, I've, I've seen people come bring like Bikes or skateboards and stuff yeah, I've, of no, course. I've, never, I've never seen someone Bring bring rollerblades out, so that's cool
1: You know, we should do that We yeah, we toured with uh, The guys in uh, Downfall of Gaia Really nice
2: dude They just released and, an album, and, uh,
1: yeah Yeah, the drummer, Mike Super nice guy, and he saw me And then, yeah, I used to play hockey Yeah, me as well So it was out of the 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 metal and the <laughs> posture no i like to break these boundaries actually sometimes yeah
2: i think that's super cool rob scallion he's like a youtuber he plays he does a lot of guitar stuff oh yeah he's <laughs> super cool he's really into uh rollerblading so so he's metal so so rollerblading could just be metal. <laughs> uh, something yeah. that i'm doing a new segment called fight the hops uh, that's where I ask my guests uh, what small goal they are tackling right now, something that they would like to accomplish uh, within the next month, the next two months. It could be a personal goal. It could be like a, a project goal, something for the band, uh, something health wise. What are you doing right now to fight the hops?
1: Hmm. Yeah, the um, the big topic is now the, the farming school, basically, because, uh, yeah, I decided to go and being involved uh, for one year, so my exams are in June. I have to really stick and uh, to work every week because I am totally new in the in that um, world. And um, of course, uh, also prepare for the shows who comes because and the it's, baby. yeah <laughs> and the baby it has been 3 years we did not play yeah and mike is mike is away so he was uh, in switzerland uh, the last weekend we have to to uh, schedule the flights you know that that's yeah that's something um but things are going nice uh, ske- uh rehearsal went went well so yeah first shows um may 13 and may 20 in
2: Switzerland. Good, good. That's happened. That's an excellent way to fight the hops. Um, two more questions for you. I asked Mike this question. I can't remember what he said. But if you could create a collab for Herod. I, like, I've done a lot of collabs for Vox and Hops, over 60 to 80 of them. I have approximately 30 to 40 more dropping this year. Beer collabs for myself. It doesn't have to be a beer for you because... You know, celiac disease is is, is shitty and stuff. But uh, what would be the perfect collab for Herod? I've got so many
1: ideas, man. Uh, uh, gluten-free beer would be insane. Um, I would love to sell my own cheese at the merch booth. Oh, all I—I right. I, allowed to do that. I don't <laughs> think we're allowed to do
2: that. Are we allowed to do yeah.
1: that? I don't know. I don't care. I would like to do a, <laughs> mar- a market at the the merch booth and sell my my stuff. That would be pretty cool. That, yeah. My pest my pestos mm. and uh, I don't know whatever. Uh, no, but a collab. I did a collab with uh Luthier. Uh, I did a really special guitar that actually with a luthier um yeah a 10 strings guitar uh yeah that, that, that's the main guitar that recorded 99 percent of iconoclast 10 string guitar yeah it's based on a, the, uh i'll be quick with the gear stuff <laughs> Uh, it's such, a, yeah. It's a story. There is a. I did a YouTube video. Okay, um, no, I'm gonna, that, I'm gonna uh, check it. Uh, <laughs> it's a, like a huge baritone guitar um, that I we added um, four strings on top uh, to to make it more like a twelve twelve strings uh, Led Zeppelin.
2: My God. Okay.
1: So the uh, the i strings are doubled, but the low one are single and uh, chugging a lot.
2: Very cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I'll. I'll just shoot a playthrough. Very nice. Focusing on the guitar and the rig, which is important.
2: Uh, yeah, so you'll see it online it's pretty soon. Cool, I'm stoked about that, and uh, I'm sure that Rob Scallion would like to play that guitar too. But <laughs> you guys could go rollerblading and you could show off your ring, he'd be into it. I'm sure he would. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. One last question classic Vox and Hops wrap up question. It probably doesn't happen to you very often because you're drinking your own low ABV beer right now, but every once in a while. It happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure?
1: Oh, I'm actually having one now oh. um, uh, because no sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, alcohol plus baby is not it possible. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't add up. doesn't work. doesn't work. So super classic. I mean, a lot, lot, lot of water. I mean, during, during the night when you you see yourself drifting. It's
2: hard. eh? For some reason, when you're in that moment, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, but you tend not to do it for some reason. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's such a bummer, but, but yeah, it helps a lot of water. And then I eat like a pig the the day after. (laughs) A lot of fat, a lot of fatness, and um, super classic. I mean, I don't have, a, I don't have a magical
2: uh, trick. It's because because prevention is the only trick. There is no good answer, yeah. sadly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pierre, thank you so, so much for hanging out with me, talking about your life, talking about music, uh, talking about farming. I think that's super cool. Uh, and uh, talking about craft beer. Everyone get ready. Um, it's going to be on a lot of end of year-end lists. I don't think people, I, I keep saying it. I, you, you're too close to it. You don't understand. Iconoclast is coming, people. Came out May 1st via Pelagic. It's a monster record. I'm stoked to be a part of it. And I'm stoked that I had a chat with you, Pierre, to talk about it. Massive cheers. Thank you so much to be part of it. Thank you so much for your time. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome, intense conversation. I feel like we just scratched the tip of everything that I want to dig into with Pierre, I would love to have him back on the podcast and talk more about his philosophy about the world, about farming about uh, being more eco-responsible, I think it's super interesting, I would love to put a bunch of people together to talk about that uh, as a roundtable discussion, I think that would be truly truly, truly interesting Uh, brand new Herod, Iconoclast just dropped, it's unbelievable what a killer album, I'm so damn stoked to be a part of it. Um, it is going to be on many year-end lists. It is definitely going to be on my year-end list. I love the record. Massive, massive cheers to Pierre and the rest of the crew for including me on the record. And thank you to Pierre for taking the time to sit down with me and have this chat. Go check it out. If you have not, it is an incredible record. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox & Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast's mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxenhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. When you do do that you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the vox and hops metal podcast you'll get to see which episodes i dropped recently you will get to see which episodes i have coming up you will get to hear about any projects i have in the works before i announce them to the public and you will get to see which albums the vox and hops album review crew have reviewed recently and you'll get to see which albums Jerry Monk, vox and hops's metal architect has added to the brutal awakenings playlist there is always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the vox and hops podcast and i hate when you miss a single thing so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list the vox and hops podcast is brought to you by sound talent media and evergreen podcasts i hope you have a killer rest of the week i will be back next week with one episode on tuesday but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads
0: this is krista makes guitarist and vocalist for less than jake and host of krista makes a podcast